afternoon, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Not For Nothing. What is this, NPR? With your hosts, Chris and Chris. Today, we've got a special guest uh, on the line via Skype, uh, Mr. Mike Borkinoff from multiple media outlets, none of which we will mention here. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Great. Chris, Chris, how are you doing? I'm wonderful. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's nice to have uh, Mike back. We, it's been too long. We've been trying to get this sorted out for a while, and now uh, our, our schedule's uh, finally uh, worked out that once Chris left the New York City area that uh, we can bring Mike back. Is this a, yeah. is this a three-state podcast? Ooh. Are we, I believe Mike, it are is. You call, are you calling from New Jersey? I am calling from New Jersey, yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> this is a tri-state podcast. I like it. Um, so uh, so just quickly, Chris, I know you probably have more more immediate pressing questions, but I, I we, one of the main reasons we got Mike on, on the show this week is because we wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, pending free agency doom in the NBA. Uh, I don't know. Mike, we don't expect you to have any, like, real, like, incredible insider information although if you do we'll take it mm. uh, but mostly I just wanted to get opinions from both of you and I know Chris probably cares more about your opinion Mike than mine so so I, I, I'm sure he has a, a <laughs> only when it comes questions. to NBA free agency though <laughs> I'm just very happy that nothing is expected of me yeah <laughs> Stakes. That's Mike, the way we do things stakes. around here. It's a, it's a low stakes podcast. Um, I mean, as you can tell by the uh, various levels of our sound, um, we, we you know we don't expect much from our listeners either. So, uh, um, just jumping right in, Mike, since you cover the Knicks a lot, uh, which which I besides Rutgers pod and, and shameless Rutgers, if you want to go ahead and uh, and and tout your your are you screwed podcast, be my guest. Um, but Rutgers aside, you, you do you do report on the Knicks, correct? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna tout everything because you refuse to do it out of your obstinance at the top of the podcast. I do cover <laughs> the Knicks for the Athletic. Uh, I hope that if you haven't subscribed and you're not reading yet, you should subscribe to the Athletic. I think there's really good stuff going on there, mm-hmm. not just of the Knicks. Uh, and I do uh, do a Rutgers podcast called the Artie Screw Pod, but that's uh, lesser in my heart than the actual work that I get paid to do. <laughs> Wait, so the, where was this going? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> no, I just, so, so it was going right here, which is this. Uh, wait, do you have, wait ahead, before, first. before we get to the basketball then, I just want to, I, I think there's an important question we're just missing here for, so is Rutgers screwed this year again? Uh, the answer is always yes. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. That's it. Um, Mike, I, I plan on going to Rutgers Penn State out here. Do you want? Would you care to, to join me? I'm I'm definitely. It's it's a, it's on my schedule. So if you're if you're in the uh, the greater Pennsylvania area, please come come see. Uh, I mean, yeah. Why why wouldn't I want to take a three hour drive just to see Rutgers lose by like three <laughs> touchdowns? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all fun. I mean, it's all fun, right? Is that the fun of it? I've, uh, I, 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 the last Penn State Rutgers game I went to, I got blackout uh, to the point where I couldn't find anyone. I got lost in the stadium, which is a circle, which is hard to do. So, I, I, I suggest you do, you try that on for size. <laughs> okay, life goals. <laughs> exactly. 
But you are a new father of twins, so I do want, you know, you got to think about taking your, you know, take your breaks in stride. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, it would be nice to get away from both little rascals at once. And, <laughs> you know, a three-hour drive at this point might be a little, uh, it might be, I don't know, soothing. Great. Um, Chris, uh, if you're fine, can we talk about basketball now? Yeah, fine, we can talk okay. now. We, 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 we avoided it. I, I'm... I, there's a million things and a million things you could talk about speculative uh, from the pending, uh, what is it, Sunday, 6 p.m., uh, free agency open market. Uh, but I but I did want to talk about the Knicks uh, first and foremost because I don't know if a lot of people are. And, and, I, and I wondered, Mike, if you had any thoughts on where the Knicks uh, might end up in their chase for a couple max players or any max players. Or any players, really, at all, if they're not getting the max. <laughs> it's so in, uh, it's so difficult right now. Like, we're doing this, what, Friday morning, so it's, I don't know, uh, like 60 hours before free agency left, actually, I think. Um, and I really don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is, like, one of the best free agent classes we've ever had and one of the most hard to predict because you have Kevin Durant, who, um, you know, it's, it's hard to get a read on him since he got hurt. Kyrie Irving is one of the more mercurial players in the NBA, and Kawhi Leonard is, like, well-known to never share his opinion. So, I, I don't know. I, I think they have a chance at Durant. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up getting Kyrie, but I'm also not confident in predicting any of that, which is what, I guess, makes this whole free agency period so interesting this year. So, that they, you mentioned Kyrie and you mentioned Durant, which are two names that I think were initially sort of the the guarantees, right? Like, that when... When Porzingis got sent out of town, th- those were the two names that the Knicks had their eye on. Is that what you think is still this the current situation? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that they've been pining after Kevin Durant for a while. Um, and I think they still are, even despite his Achilles injury last, uh, what was it, three, three weeks ago now, I want to say. Um, and I think that they'd want to pair him with another star. And so I think the status quo still stays. And I think they want to get Kawhi Leonard if they can, but that's a lot of what they want, and that's not necessarily how the market may play out. Right, um, Chris, do you have any? Did you have any follow-up questions to Re the Knicks? Because I've got a million. <laughs> well, I'm it, the, the biggest thing I, I take away from all this now is three months ago or something, Mike. You know, the the owner basically came out and said, you know, we're we're getting two superstars this summer. You know, he was so confident. He was trying his best not to say it exactly like that, and he was trying to be as, as sly as possible. And now it's like I'm not even sure any they're going to even be able to, to get anybody in free agency, like let alone a super, you know, a, a superstar. Like it's now we're, I, I saw something yesterday or, or heard it somewhere that's like maybe now they're shooting for like maybe DeMarcus Cousins on a short-term contract and, and um, uh, one other guy that, that's like, wow, this is like – how far and how fast they have fallen here in only a matter of a couple of months is is astonishing. And and so Knicks. I I mean when Dolan said what he said in March, um, it was really it was really audacious because, like very rarely do you see teams show their hand, especially I think what it was like four months out of yeah. free agency at that point. Um, and, but to have the owner say it, and especially because it went away from what. Steve Mills and Scott Perry had been saying, and the I guess kind of just like the their 
uh, talking points for the last few months, which is, you know, lowering expectations and we have cap space, but it's just whatever. Uh, and then James Dolan comes out and says, we expect to get guys. I think the word he used was a game changer to explain the summer. Um, it, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know what that did in terms of affecting everything, but it was, it was really audacious to see. Uh, and now I, I think they're kind of going to a place where they have to consider their, their backup plans if they don't get Durant and Irving and Kawhi Leonard, and they have to figure out what their next you know, plan of action is in case they miss out on those top guys and they have to you know, still improve this year's 17-win roster somehow. Do you, do you feel like is there, a better, is there a better kind of plan in, in just in your own opinion, and I, I've seen some of your articles and, and some of the like the free agents that kind of the tiers of free agents I believe that you've kind of listed that are, you know, I you know I don't ideal or just whatever. But um, is is there? Do you have sort of an, a, a feeling of what you think the, the the Knicks should do, and and sort of maybe not and to a lesser degree of, of that list of free agencies? Well, beyond getting like the top guys, I, I think they have to improve on this season like you can't just run back even for the sake of development and long-term rebuilding like a 17 win team and be happy with the incremental progress it makes just because it's young players getting better i think they need to add more talent i I think that the question then becomes is like how much how much do you want to spend and how long do you want to commit to the talent that you need to improve like would they want to would it be beneficial for them to try to sign d'angelo russell to a four-year contract since he's 23 and an all-star and that could be a long-term piece or, you know, try to get Tobias Harris, even though he's not a, like a top, top tier free agent. Um, I, I think that's the question. And then it's what you do with all the cap space. If you miss out on the free agents and the Knicks don't seem to want to take on bad contracts just for the sake of uh, being in another place where teams can dump their, those, those things in exchange for assets. So I, I think those are the two like friction points. If you're trying to figure out, okay, what are they going to do if they don't get Durant and Irving and Kawhi? And what's the best path for them to take? So, would it be? I mean, you were just sort of mentioning it. So, I mean, as long as the as long as they're taking on contracts that are only maybe a year or two long, um, and you know, and like and, and the rumors that you know, with 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 the Jimmy Butler thing in Philadelphia, Chris, I'm sure we'll, we'll sort of maybe get to that at some point. Uh, but but sort of being that third team, maybe in some instances where you can pick up uh, younger players or or draft picks or something like that is. Doesn't that isn't that kind of like a you know, it's not a bad way to go, right? In, instead of trying to pay you know Kemba Walker for instance, the, the the max or something like that, or maybe if like I, I I appreciate New York at least having that ability or self awareness to go. We're not going to just sign anybody just to sign somebody. Yeah, I think signing someone just to get better isn't the right way to go. And so you know, there's a problem, right? Like if you offer Tobias Harris the max for four years and you've got him on on the books for thirty five million dollars. You obviously will get better in the immediate term, right? There'll be a better team next right. year. But are you gumming up the cap too much? Yeah. You know, is it better off for them uh, to take on someone's bad contract in exchange for another future first-round pick so you have more assets to make? There's another guy who wants to, like, get out of his team and be traded somewhere to a bigger market or a better situation. Um, and, and then you also need the very real knowledge another 20 win team next year because at some point no matter the cap space and the market um and your young talent like free agents just won't go there because they'll be like why do i want to join a 22 win team and just hope to make the, the play the play right yeah i agree I, I it's it seems like it's at least a little bit different of a of a knicks 
thinking, way of thinking to some degree, you know, in, in spite of their owner who keeps, you know, thinking I, he's the Chris, greatest thing me, in the world. Let me jump in. I, I disagree. I think that I think that the uh, a Russell Cousins fit would is so Starberry, like Eddie Curry esque. Like it's so <laughs> perfectly Knicks. I, I can't imagine they'll do anything but that. I can totally see overpaying D'Angelo Russell, a player no one wanted two years ago, and a broken down uh, can't play an entire basketball game boogie cousins that that to me feels like exactly the direction they'll go yeah but as, as, am i wrong no but well i don't know if they want d'angelo or not right I don't, and mike can maybe answer that better if, if he's heard those kind of rumors but to, at this point i think a lot of people want d'angelo russell and and if you're going to pay him the max you know that's the other problem i have with this whole thing though is like you're paying these guys you're either paying them the max or you're not paying them at all right there's no like hey come join us for 20 to 25 million dollars instead of 30 million dollars like Guys are just like, no, I want all the money. Give it to me or I'm not playing for you. And and that's where this whole system has gotten out of place here a little bit is is to even have a chance at a guy. Like you have to – you just have to pay him the full amount. So – but with within saying that though, from my perspective, is pay D'Angelo that. I think he's worth it. I think – I and, and I've had my doubts about him, but I think he's worth it. And Boogie, as long as he's on a short-term contract and he's only making, you know, 10 to 15 million a year or something, and it's for two years maximum, potentially, then fine, go and, and run with that and, and see if you if you want to do that, then fine, do that. Yeah, I mean, like, look, if I don't think if they give, like, D'Angelo Russell four years for $100 million, it's a bad contract, if that's what you decide you want to be your starting point guard for the next four years. Right. He, he, that's if you believe like all the improvements he made this season were real and they're sustainable. I think that's fine. You could probably even move that contract later on down the. And your fifteen million dollar deal is a backbreaker. Like that's a worth shot, worthy shot. I, I was trying to add a second year, so if it does play well, does return somewhere close to used to be. You have them for another season under contract, but I I don't think that a, there's a right I, I think the Chris I think the problem with with the Knicks would be if they signed if they re-signed uh, uh, De- uh, DeAndre Jordan for 20 million again or something right that would be I think the more Knicksy move of like just being dumb and and typical kind of thing what they've always done over the years so a double DeAndre, that, that, yeah. D'Angelo DeAndre, yeah, double, double D's, D's yeah, double D's, double D's. I could see Dolan going for the double D's. <laughs> that sounds like a perfect, <laughs> perfect fit for him. I, I, I have, I have one more question for Mike regarding the Knicks, um, and I guess this is more of a, a, of a like you know what, how Dolan works, and and maybe Mike can under, understands how Dolan works more than anyone else, even though I'm not even sure Dolan understands how Dolan works. Uh, what, who? Does Dolan just get to wait for the pieces to fall where they may, or or is Mills making moves? Are there, are like, does, is this just going to be like whatever's left over scrap heap, or is is Dolan like somewhere? Is he like in the mix of talking to free agents? No, I don't, I don't think that James Dolan is out there recruiting free agents. I, Steve Mills and Scott Perry in the front office are the ones doing all the work. Right. Uh, but oh, as he is the owner, and so the owners sign off on things they have decision-making that they do on at sure, especially for like a contract for a guy like Kevin Durant, like, you know, the owner has to sign off on giving him $164 million to a guy who just tore his, uh, his Achilles tendon. Um, I don't, I don't think that like James Dolan is totally not involved. I just, I don't believe that he's the one out there doing all the, 
the grunt work, basically. That's that's up to Mills and Perry and all those guys. Okay. I I, I, I can imagine they got to keep Dolan as far away from these players as possible for I, like until it's like the last minute. You know, it's like he wants to come in and like sign off or like meet him and talk to him for five minutes. But otherwise, I think that would be a huge mistake of having any sort of Dolan interaction with any of these guys. Mike, I won't make you answer that. I don't. You know, I I realize that's that my own opinion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, so so moving away from the Knicks, just you know. Because we should. Uh, there, you know, there's a billion other rumors. I like Chris mentioned. Kemba is out there. I've, I've heard Kemba to the Celtics. I've heard Kemba stays. Um, Mike, do you have any just general, general like predictions? Do you even want to do predictions of where you think some of these bigger names, like Kawhi, like Kemba, like Al, will will end up? Um, or do you do you have any places where you feel like they at least should end up? I'm really curious about how the entire 76ers situation. Um, thank thank you. First, yeah, you, you, <laughs> fed, you fed yourself right into that question. Congratulations. <laughs> because, like, they, they to me, you know, if they re-sign Butler and Reddick and Tobias Harris, could win the title next year. And so can they re-sign Butler and Reddick and Harris? And that's, that's just really interesting. I, I agree. I, I'm – a little cagey about Elton Brand as as general manager. I, I'm not sure. I I didn't love the moves. I loved I loved getting Butler, and I thought I will stand by that that acquisition day in day out. I, I think that Bob Covington Sarge for for him were, was a was a fine move, uh, even if it's just a one year deal. Uh, I di- I didn't love the move for Harris, but but it, you know I I tend to agree with you. If they can get those three players back, they're they're contenders. They're they're a good team. Is there is there a scenario where they keep one of them? Where you think that they're still a a decent squad, or if they if let's say for example Harris and someone else, or Butler and someone else, and you let JJ go, you know, get max money from whoever's willing to pay him. Is there a scenario where you, or a pickup where you see that the Sixers could still be in contention without all three? Without all three, yeah. um, you mean they lose all three, or do they just keep not let's say, all let's, three? Let's say they keep not two of the all three, three or, like yeah. two. Yeah, I'd say let, yeah. let's say let's say they keep Harris, right, and Butler walks. But they keep yeah, Redick. I, I think so. Like, I, I I don't know about all the ma- <laughs> their their like cap situation is so complex that I haven't exactly. done all the research on like what that looks like. But if you know, say like they had one of those uh, things that's being floated is. Um, taking on like Eric Gordon and uh, you know and either Quinn Capello or trading for another asset or something to improve the roster if they lose Butler to Houston like I think that they still become a title contender and depending what else they do with the money that they have and the same thing if Harris leaves and they keep Butler I I think that it's not necessary um, that they keep all three for them to remain a title contender but I I think that just maximizes how good the team can be if they do keep all three Um, but there's there's a, so much like I think there's half of the NBA is in free agency this summer, so there's a lot of talent and eventually I, I think at some point like some guys will get squeezed out and so that's an opportunity for them to grab good players to help their bench maybe finally find the backup center uh, at maybe like not full freight uh, for how much they have to pay them. That's a really interesting uh, take and not one I've heard, but like maybe be patient and wait for some of these displaced players uh, from this over overzealous 
free agent boom that's about to occur. Well, the, um, the problem is, is if they lose any of these guys, they're not going to be able to sign someone else bigger. They can only just sort of minimum salary guys anyway. So I, I, I agree. I like what Mike is saying then because if – just because if you lose Butler or Tobias Harris, you can't necessarily replace them with someone that as big or is as expensive, right? Because well, they're already over the cap or whatever, basically. Well, so yeah, I, I I agree. I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I I will side with Mike. I don't un, I don't understand the intricacies of the Sixers uh, salary cap situation right now. Um, nor will I ever. <laughs> but I but I I I. I do have one pie in the sky idea, and I wonder, if, I, you know, if it would work from a chemistry standpoint. Before I can even talk about it, from a logistical standpoint, and that is, could there be a world in where where Butler walks and Harris gets, you know, a four-year deal? Is there space for, say, an Al Horford to come in and and be a part of that team? Look who wants Al Horford now. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the haunter of Green coming to join you now, like some kind of weird uh, twist in a movie. Actually, yeah. I think that happened fast and furious, wasn't it? When Hobbs joins all those guys, it is. Yeah, yeah. And they, they forget that Hobbs actually what he killed. Who did he? Who did Hobbs, Hobbs killed? Like one of the main dudes, like the the. It, I, what was his name? Like the. Was it Paul the Walker sort of, or whatever? No, no, no. Paul Walker killed himself. Oh. <laughs> Bad taste. Bad taste joke. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, I just wonder if am I crazy? Is that a possibility? I just want it because I want Al to not be taking down the Sixers at every turn. <laughs> so if there's a I world, think, I think it play well, but it probably it might not be like their best use of their resources. Um, right. I think they need more shooting, and they need another ball handler because it looks like Ben Simmons isn't as good in the uh, in the playoffs as he is in the regular season because defense is you know key on the fact that he's not. Uh, Shooter, I guess is the best way to put it. Because <laughs> uh, he sucks. So, <laughs> so I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, at that point, maybe you want to start adding wings or look for uh, like a point guard. And I don't even know. Like, you just want to start adding wings. The thing about Jimmy Butler was that in the playoffs, he just became their de facto like playmaker, right? And ball yeah. handler, lead ball handler. Um, you'd have to replace that somehow. Yeah, I mean, to me, the most important player to, to, for the Sixers to 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 keep is is Jimmy Butler, um, and, and I honestly like I, I'd love to, I'd love to see all three. Like I, I don't have bad feelings towards Harris. There's just he just kind of got squeezed out in the playoffs. I don't know if that was really on him necessarily or not. Well, they, um, they spent way ahead. they spent way too much time and, and assets uh, on acquiring these guys just to sort of let them go for nothing again too, right? So it's it's. To, to you, you kind of they have to they have to resign both of them basically and and max them out. Otherwise, this whole thing was was a big waste of time last year in the offseason and, and giving away too many first round picks and Landry Shamet and and those guys. So it's like you they almost they're, they're almost kind of stuck having to do you know kind of give in and, and and pay them both. And if they don't, Mike, and this is kind of the question. Maybe I, I I'm curious what you would say is. If they had to trade one of those guys or, or do a sign and trade or, or let one of them walk, who would you prefer to – who do you think would, would be okay well, – you would be okay with of, of not being on that team for next year and still having them be a legit team? Oh, man. Uh, of, the, of the three or of the two? Of the two. Like, basically, it's Harris and, and Butler, right? And, and Redick is kind of a, you know, I guess I guess probably the it would hurt less for them to lose Harris probably. Um just because he doesn't have as integral a role in the offense, like Jimmy Butler, as we saw in the playoffs, 
uh, is really, really, really good at what he does in the whole playing basketball thing. Um, and I, you know, you know, Harris is essentially the fourth offensive option, and you can try to cobble together his shooting and his defense from other players. Um, I, I guess that would be the guy that they would be more likely to afford to lose uh, from him and Butler. Yeah. Chris, do you, do you, do you, I mean, I, I know, I guess it's kind of obvious with Jimmy Butler, but I, I sort of have this question of like, he, him on the team kind of makes Bill, Ben Simmons sort of non-existent in a way. Well, I, I mean, Ben Simmons makes Ben Simmons non-existent. Um, it's, it's just what I, I feel like there's a, the chemistry on that team is still, there's a lot to be figured out. And, and if Brett Brown's the guy, I don't know. Um, I'm, it's it the playoffs were interesting and frustrating Ben Simmons also bear in mind like he he in my in my opinion played the best defense against Kawhi Leonard of mm-hmm. anyone in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, so let's not forget like there there are different facets to all these players games the fact that Ben Simmons can't shoot is you know definitely a big part of it I think what I would like to see more than anything uh, right now in the immediate is for Daryl Morey to get the fuck out of fucking picking on the Sixers and just focus on his own fucking team and stop (laughs) screwing with, you know, Elton Brandt's head. That's what I would like to see uh, more than anything with the Philadelphia 76ers or just give them a fair chance to, you know, to blow up their team the way that Danny Ainge has done in in Boston um, if if they so choose, Uh, which is my... Very intentional way of segueing away from the Sixers and my and my boiling blood uh, to, to the to the Boston Celtics, uh, a team a team which I will preface by giving an immense amount of credit for hiring Carol Lawson. Uh, I, I as as much shit as I give Brad Stevens, uh, that was a you know a, a stand up move, and I and I hope it really you know leads to to some some more female coaching hires in the NBA. Uh, Beyond that, I uh, I'll pose this to you, Chris. First, uh, what do you think the best scenario for the Boston Celtics is um, in the in for next year and in you know years to come? I you know what? So I I don't think I, I think everyone kind of feels like or it feels like to me that people, the media, and, and when you watch sports centers and all that kind of stuff, and it's like everyone's like, oh, the uh, and the and on social media or whatever, everyone's like, oh, Boston Celtics are they're toast, they're done. They suck, right? They're never, but they still have a really great team. I mean, basically, even without without Al Horford, like they they kind of, I mean, they they played really well two years ago without Kyrie. So that that one is a wash for me. Like that doesn't. I still think those guys, if those guys can step up the way they did like two years ago, then I think they still have something, and they don't need to go all out. And if they want to sign Kemba, actually, I, I kind of like that idea. It's the way like Isaiah Thomas played in that system. Kyrie, you know, played onto his own in that system. Like, it, that system, I think, is designed to have that that kind of scoring guard and, and kind of be, um, let him, you know, sort of shine and, and, and be kind of a, this kind of the focal point to some degree of that offense. So if you do something like Kemba and, and if you can do even like Vucevic, um, the guy for Orlando, which I don't really, I don't think much of him, but I think, again, in that, that system and that offense, he's, he's not too un- unlike Al Horford, actually. So I think they could actually make that work. And, and a couple, I'm not saying small moves, but mid, mid-level moves like that, in a sense, um, without having to go after a huge superstar, is, is kind of sneaky good, you know, Celtics way of, of, of doing free agency. I had not heard the Vucevic to the Celtics 
uh, rumor at all. Um, that's that that's news to me. Uh, I and I I tend to agree with you. I think that to me the thing that needs the the bigger thing, uh, a bigger player loss that will be an asset to the Celtics is Rozier, uh, just because I think he hated playing with Gordon Hayward um, and Brad clearly can't do anything, go to the bathroom even without Gordon Hayward. Uh, Mike, what? What do you think about the Celtics? Just overarching, overarching question. What makes that team better after bleeding two All Stars? Oh, I didn't know if this was just like a Sixers therapy session about the Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you your room to complain and oh, you know, whine about the last two years. Thanks, thanks. I appreciate. It. Do I have more time? Are you giving me more time? Is it, is it therapy? Because I mean, I'm messing up. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I, I think, I think, um, you know, I, I think we've seen the Vucevic reports out there. To me, the biggest loss with Horford is the way that he just anchors their defense. Yeah. Uh, so signing Vucevic can help on the offensive side. I don't think it does much to help their defense. And the way that I think values uh, centers are being valued now in the NBA, I'd rather spend less for a center, someone who can help defensively, maybe like. Um, trying to think who's out there like I think Kevin Looney who was for the mm. play for the Warriors the first four years of his career is someone who could be like a much cheaper option um, and plays really good defensively and especially in like a team scheme and um, can play good minutes for them and then spend that money instead on shooters uh, and guys who, who can be primary ball handlers whether it's like a Kemba Walker type or, or maybe even spread the money around to get a little bit deeper um, you know that. That, that, to me, is what the Celtics have to figure out, is how ready are like Jason Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown to become primary scorers, primary offensive options. Um, and, and if you think that they're close, then there's less necessity to spend for Kemba Walker. I, I think they have to figure out the defensive side of the center position. Like That's where it's going to kill them most of all. You can find you know, stretch, three, uh, stretch fives, I mean, and find a way to replace that offensive shooting to you know, to some degree, especially because um, centers are kind of not as important as they used to be, and it's easier to find them to cheap than it used to be as well. And and so I would spend on wings and guards. I, I that's it's interesting. I I I feel like the the Tatum the last last season of Tatum was a maybe a, a step back. I don't know if the Celtics feel this way. I think that they thought they had more quicker than they do but I definitely think that Tatum is still a player that has a ton of potential to be that that score I don't know if it happens right away uh but I I mean I know I would like to have him on a team that I you know rooted for uh Chris what do you really think that Kemba helps the Celtics I I tend to disagree I you know I there's a times where I don't feel like I feel like Kemba Walker's overrated um and you know Charlotte and Maybe that part of it's on him, and part of it's on the organization not being able to put pieces around him. But yeah, I do. I do. The more I think about it, um, I, I I don't want to see Kemba in Boston because I think it would be I think it would be really good. He would be really good on that team, um, and I don't I don't want to see that personally. But um, it's yeah, I, I think Kemba would be probably really good wherever he goes. And it's one of the things that maybe I have problems with the, with the Knicks is that. They're, they're kind of deeming him unworthy of giving him a, a, a huge contract um, where I think he might be a nice piece with, uh, you know, uh, 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 they need a point guard on, on the Knicks and, and, and with the young guys they have around him, I think he can make everybody better. And that's something he 
really hasn't had that kind of potential as long as he's been in Charlotte. So, um, yeah, it would scare me for him to go to Boston. Um, you know, if he goes out west or does whatever, and, and apparently, you know, he's he's saying it's not always about the money. And then I read something last night that Charlotte's actually even in lowballing him and undercutting him, and, and Jordan doesn't even want to pay him apparently that much at all. So he's like just trying to save face, like saying, yeah, we you know we're going to talk and we're going to try to work something out with Kemba. But in reality, maybe he doesn't want Kemba back at all, and he's just going to you know start you know tanking or whatever he's going to do in Charlotte. But, um, but- I mean, so does this feed into my theory that Charlotte could end up the next team in Seattle if they lose Kemba? You know, they, will have, they will actually have nothing. They will have nothing. And and when I, I – I actually thought about this when I started reading that. I was like, oh, man, Chris is going to heat this up. But except for the, the one fact that we, we've never talked about in discussing this whole Charlotte MJ moving to Seattle thing is that Michael Jordan will never leave Charlotte, and I don't think the NBA would want Jordan to leave North Carolina. Like I, like he can't. Go back and listen to episode ninety-one, which in which I give out I think ten reasons why Jordan would leave and go to Seattle. Uh, It is, and and I think. But personally, though, there was a reason why he he bought Charlotte and like and and not didn't wait for some other team to come open. It's like he has the history there with UNC and and with the NBA wanting having Jordan in North Carolina and stuff, and that that is. To some degree, and it might not be much, but at some degree, I think it locks them in there more than okay. you, more than you think. Okay, what's up, Laura, Mike, with this uh, conspiracy, Chris's conspiracy theories, which are actually still tired. I just I feel like we were all looking at New Orleans to go to Seattle, or hoping yeah. that that clearly is is not happening anymore. I like your take that Oklahoma City could actually end up back in Seattle, Mike. Since we have you, do you have any thoughts on whether or not any team will ever end up in Seattle? I feel like that'll happen eventually. I, I, I think it's just like it has to, and some team will, you know, like get angry that it can't get a new free arena from taxpayers, or somebody will buy the team, have no affinity or relationship with the market that they're in, also get angry that they can't get a free arena from the taxpayers. And like, sure, <laughs> like, I mean, look what happened in the NFL. Eventually, somebody went back to LA, right? Um, it just Seattle, took 25, 30 years. Yeah, it took a while. Uh, when when did the Sonics leave? I think it's ten years now, right? Yeah, since they left. Eleven now, I think actually. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand eight. And I, I think there was a, a movement there for a minute in like twenty twelve or something to try to get the Kings there. I don't know. I think it'll happen eventually. Um, just too big a market, and there's like too many ties to basketball there. It just won't <laughs> happen fast enough, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I agree. <laughs> Seattle's an awesome city. I love it. Like. I think there should be a basketball team there. And apparently, like, the guys who used to cover the NBA back in the 90s loved Vancouver, so maybe get one back there, too. No, yeah. Vancouver never never worked. That was never going to – it was – I don't know why. I, I know why. Big country. Big country is why. <laughs> they put all their cards in big country's basket. <laughs> and Steve Francis didn't want to be there at all, and he was like, God damn it, i got to go to Vancouver. Which is, which is weird because I think once those players would be in Vancouver, it's an amazing city and it's a good place to be. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I think a modern NBA player would be happier to play in Vancouver because you can still be a star in Vancouver. You got some like semi level of privacy in Vancouver, right? You got the beautiful outdoors. Um, I, I could see it work. Like, you know, there's, there's a lot around Vancouver to love. I'm, I just to me, I'm like I'm worried, and I actually believe this. And I, I feel like they'll they'll move to like a team or or give a team to like Mexico or Vegas or something like that now or instead London. of like 
Yeah, or London or, or whatever, instead of either going back to the Northwest at all, like either of those two places. Well, I mean, it's it's proven, and we're definitely going off on a diatribe. But like, Portland is clearly a basketball town. Portland is is really good at supporting, you know, their their single sport. Well, they have uh, soccer now, when they have a really good well, soccer team. Right. Course, so. I, I, yeah. Okay, go Timbers, <laughs> right? Uh, which Major League Soccer has like now like forty seven teams. It's insane how many teams there are in Major League Soccer. And it, it might be more popular than baseball at this point. I was looking through the the their like the the whatever the the Heat rankings, and I was like, God, there's still more teams. Those teams I never even heard of. <laughs> Anyway, let's circle back to free agency quickly before we waste any more of Mike's time. Uh, Chris, do you have any questions specific for Mike? Because I still have 100, but I, I feel like I've been I've been jumping on you. So, so if you have anything you wanted to ask, uh, well, we can we can segue to maybe to, to the maybe to the Nets a little bit. But I, I think it's it might be redundant between them and the Knicks of what we already talked about. So I, I'll ask you this, Mike: Is in your mind, for whatever reason? whether you know anything or not or have any inklings or anything, is what's more likely to happen? Like Kyrie and Durant go to the Nets or the Knicks in that in that kind of a generalization? I'll, I'll be honest, man. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I, I, just because I, it, it, I don't think that, I mean, I don't think there's been a decision made and just like I don't know and those two guys especially are so, hot, so hard to predict. And if maybe this is the cop-out answer. It's kind of fun to not know, right? Yeah. Yes. We, I think everyone last summer just kind of saw it and semi-knew that like LeBron was going to the Lakers. Um, and I, I like I like these big free agency changes when we don't know what's going to happen. Like It was really cool and fun when LeBron announced he was going to Miami. Uh, it came out of nowhere and like shook the NBA world when Durant said, okay, I'm joining the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, so I like the unpredictability of it and that like whenever they make their decision, we're just like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to change the NBA for three years, and I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I like that aspect of it. Like, to me, this is all entertainment in a way, and it's fun to be surprised. I, I agree with that. I, I mean, this, I is, wonder, this, ahead, is almost as, this is almost bigger than the, than the games and the season itself, really. I mean, we've been anticipating this for almost a year now, and, and like, nonstop talking about it, you know, in, in every I mean, shape, way, and form. Besides the NBA awards, this is the thing I've been looking forward to the most <laughs> since the season ended. So it's really just I, – I, I feel like we're, it's a real win-win. It is. Uh, I, I do I – do, I, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it is fun and, and, and it is exciting to sort of have this thing that we watch now, which is free agency, and, and to sort of see how it all – the business side of it sort of falls into place. Um, and then and then overanalyze it forever and ever until the season starts and it and everything just sort of happens the way it should. And then complain uh, about all the bad contracts everyone handed out. It, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but we won't even like we won't even stop when the season starts. Like I was looking back, you know, trying to like prepare and research for the draft free agency and all that. And I was looking back, and I think one of the things he said at some point was, if the Warriors had won the title that year, he wouldn't have signed with Golden State. Or I think that's where he was leaning, or something to that effect. So, like, think about the what-if ramifications of everything that happened the last few months and how that will affect, like, the league for the next two to four years going forward. And I think we'll keep talking about that, you know, in, like, 2021 as well, the same way we've been talking about the ramifications of what could have been in 2016 even now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're still feeling the effects of that. And I think, uh, interestingly enough, it is it does boil down to Durant, uh, 
you know, unfortunate injury. And I guess, and I guess, uh, a, a little bit Clay Thompson as well. I mean, the, the Warriors still somehow hold all of like a lot of what is going to happen uh, in free agency. I think also Kawhi, obviously. I I have a thought that might be crazy, but is there a, a world in where all of the big free agent names stay put the way they would? I don't know, in like the '80s or or something. Like, is that <laughs> is that something that Mike you think is is feasible? And I and by big free agents, I mean like Kawhi, Durant, Clay, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler. And, Jimmy Butler and and I guess Kemba. I don't. I think Kyrie's probably already gone. But but is there? Is do you see that happening? Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that happen. I think maybe Kemba looks like he's out from Charlotte. Like I think I forget who reported that they weren't going to give him the full two hundred twenty-one million dollars superback. <laughs> um, and at that point, like if Charlotte's offering you equal money as Boston and other contenders, I can see why Kemba would want to get out, right? So he yeah. can finally play for a, a contender type. But I could see Clay and Jimmy Butler and KD and Kawhi all stay where they are. I think, like, that's not impossible. And even that would be interesting because then you'd kind of have a reset after this crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think I might even be hoping that happens. Uh, Kawhi, why can't Kawhi end up going to the Lakers? Is that something that could happen? Or is that, or did, or, or, or did Palenka just totally ruin that as, as part of an option? Because of his mismanagement of the of the cap space, I don't think he. Ru- I mean, I don't think he ruined it. They made that trade yesterday, where they now have enough for uh, a max contract, or like just about a max contract. Right. Uh, so I. I mean, Kawhi's been um, said to be interested in going to LA, which is where he's from. Right. So then it's like Clippers or Lakers, and you know he'd be he'd probably have his own team if he had the Clippers, whereas. In, LA, he'd have to team up with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, depending on all these guys' personalities and egos, right? Right. But yeah, I could see it happening. Why not? Yeah, I. I mean, my answer to all this is why not? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. Like, yeah. Nobody else has said anything different. Nobody's like, well, this is definitely not happening. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I just like to hypothesize it and and think about ways that. Uh, uh, I think right now is the most exciting time because, like you heard me, you know, dream about a, a big Al, Jimmy Butler, you know, team where where we don't have like you know we kryptonites on on the Sixers squad, or even like Al to the Lakers where just try to imagine the fits, right? D'Angelo Russell and Boogie Cousins to the Knicks. Like there's, there's just something really like fun and interesting about like coming up with those those scenarios uh, in in your mind. I, I personally wish I think I think and I hope that Katie stays with the Warriors. That's my own thing. And I, I as much as I really dislike uh, Toronto, um, it has nothing to do with Kawhi. It has everything to do with Drake. So I, I feel like they deserve a, another shot at the at the title. And I and I honestly as a, as a, a basketball fan would like to see the Sixers get another shot at a good Raptors team. Hmm. What was your favorite Drake moment from this postseason? Uh, the fact that the world turned on him. Like, it's not even a single singular moment. It's just that finally 70% of the world saw what I saw, which is this farce of a rapper, a, like, basically an actor being a rapper. Like, he was just, he was, he, he turned heel. He had a heel turn. He was Hulk Hogan and the New World Order. Like, that, that was... <laughs> My favorite moment. Even his beard got different. You know, Hulk Hogan's beard got different when he did a heel turn. Like, he got 
scruff. Like, all of a sudden, like, Drake looked 10 years older and a little fatter. Like, I loved... And, and like, Macaulay Culkin clowned him. Like, it was just... he And he just kept taking it. Like, he just... It was it was incredible, and I and I think that 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 those there isn't a favorite. Let's put it that way, Mike. Did you have a favorite Drake moment as a super fan? Did you was there ever? Oh, <laughs> were you waiting for the lint brush to come back out? Like, what was what what was your favorite moment? Oh, my favorite Drake moment. Oh man, oh, there's so many. Um, mm. You know when he came out and he rubbed Nick Nurse's shoulders during the playoffs. Uh, during a game, I think I forget if it was, I think that was the second. No, that was the third round. The, the, yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals. That was a Pantheon Drake moment. Um, when Kawhi Leonard snubbed him for a high five, Pantheon Ooh. Drake moment. Um, you know, it's just there's there's so there's so many great Drake moments, and honestly, I I would love. I think we should do a special podcast reliving them all. Just <laughs> yeah. Oh, could we do that? We could we could even create the the. The Mount Rushmore of Drake moments. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are. It's, that's impossible. Mount Mount Rushmore does not fit enough Drake moments <laughs> in it. It would have to be something much, much bigger and more, more much more epic. It'd be a, one I, of the Seven Wonders of Drake or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just putting just putting in the fact that he like shit talked a guy whose tattoo he had. Yeah, like that is that's my so favorite pure moment. Pure Drake, like that's playing both sides of the fence the way that only <laughs> Drake. Young Jimmy from Degrassi High can do. It was it was amazing. Got it. Move. Thank you, Mike, for opening up those wounds. I appreciate it. You're, you did it. I know. I did do it. Um, but so quickly, uh, I I I think we should probably wrap this up a little bit. But but Mike, do you have any? I I don't want to put you off, like in this position, but I'm going to anyway. Do you have any like takes that you want? Uh, or, or predictions that you want to put on on you know tape right now that we can all go back to and say, wow, Mike Vorkanoff really nailed that one on the head, and and no one else thought of it. Is that do you have any sort of any any or do you just want to avoid that altogether? I, I just you know I want to save all my takes to the Drake podcast. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. That's it. like all my I, the only takes I have are Drake takes. Um, which kind of sounds like, uh, was it Drake Cakes? Was that the yes, one? That's exactly uh, what I'm trying to I only have Drake Cakes. Um, and I'll save them for that. Like, okay. You know, let's do the pod. Let's okay. do the Drake pod. I know you love Drake. I know you miss him. So I'm sure I'm sure you were listening to every one of his albums uh, this postseason. And it was just like, I don't know. It must have been heaven for you in a lot I, of ways. You know what's great? The best part of it was uh, after the Raptors one how many god's plan texts i got i think my phone <laughs> just said god's plan like i like the 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 press box does the uh, overworked twitter joke of the week the overworked uh text to chris amison after the raptors one was god's plan like no no one was original there all right uh, sometimes you don't have to be chris how about you chris do you have anything that you think might happen in a uh in the free agent world that no one's really talked about or they, or they even you'd just like to see? No, I, I mean, no, like I, to Mike's point, I think with all this is it's, this one is so fascinating in, in probably in so many years of, of free agency of like what's on the, the unexpectedness of what's going to happen. And like, you know, this, is this whole Kyrie to, to Brooklyn thing actually for real, or is it posturing on, on sort of 
Brooklyn's part, you know, as a bigger play or or when push comes to shove, are they really going to bite, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And it's so it's it's interesting just sort of seeing and, and reading and watching all these stories come about and then and then knowing in like three, two or three days, what's what's the actual reality going to be? Um, and it's um, it's fun. And I hope I hope Kyrie doesn't go to, to Brooklyn by himself. That's my only thing. Like I, I don't understand how he he it doesn't work in 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 Boston, and then everyone everyone goes, oh you know what would be great you know him with that young team again in Brooklyn and like that, that just doesn't make sense to me and the only and, and with the, with that camaraderie and that and that um, the fun that 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 team had last year and when all those guys on the bench and like dancing on this you know after made sure. shots or big or big you know, big time thing plays and stuff was, was, I don't understand how Kyrie's going to fit into that either. Like, right. He doesn't seem, he seems like he's, he's just, he's not capable of, of being a part of something like that. And that team, um, and that camaraderie in, in that sense. And like, he's just not going to get it. And so if he does come, my only hope is that they can all hold him accountable to their, to their way of, of playing basketball in their system and stuff. Uh, while you were talking, I had a I had a quick. Uh, I realized we had not talked about Chris Middleton. Is there? Did you have any? Do, would could Chris Middleton come to the Nets? Is that a fit? Is no. that something that could actually happen or no? No, they. I mean, it's. No, I don't think so. Like you need you need like a. I'm not saying Durant, but you need that kind of four five three four five kind of a guy who can play multiple positions and kind of switch around. And I, Middleton, I think is a little. Middleton's going to get a max contract from probably from somebody and probably from the Bucks, and I, I don't think he's quite worth it. I think he's been a little overrated to some degree, um, and I, I think I think he's a great player, but he's he's I, you know he he also didn't really show up in the playoffs much at all, and so uh, some I mean I, if I could, you know taking someone from the Bucks, I'd rather have Malcolm Brogdon then or something like that, where I think he's a lot more versatile and still kind of ascending as a player, whereas I think Middleton has maybe plateaued and, and you you kind of. He is what you're gonna, you know, or you're gonna get what he is. All right, I, I think um, I don't know Chris Middleton more than I think he has like the best desperate housewife name ever of an NBA player. <laughs> uh, it, I, I, I just wonder, like, I feel like he's gonna get overpaid, and I agree with you. I don't think he's that great. Um, all right, let's let's get out of here, Mike. Do you have any like parting thoughts? Do you have anything you wanted to to say before we leave, or are you just saving everything for the uh, the pending Drake pod, which will break all? <laughs> podcast records this is very sports reporters of you guys to do parting thoughts um mm. i guess my parting thoughts is to make sure that you wear sunscreen and um you know wherever you go on july 4th don't drink crappy beer you know spend a little more for the good stuff i i that's qual- quality advice um yeah i i love fourth of july i love fireworks my dog does not um, so I will probably be hiding. Uh, I do know Pitbull will be playing the Fourth of July fireworks in Jersey City. Mike, I expect you'll be there with your uh, with your I think family. I'm going to out to Vegas a day earlier now. <laughs> <laughs> the further away from Pitbull. That Wait, be, that would be smart. <laughs> Mike, I think being as far away from Pitbull as possible in life is yeah. just good advice. In fact, that's my that's my parting take is just. <laughs> Uh, I think three states away from Pitbull at any time is, is the way to live. Uh, Chris, what about you? Let's let's just round this out since since I'm, this is a new segment we stole from someone else. Yeah. Well, first of all, Mike, I, I just you just actually 
said something that makes me think. Are, are you going to the NBA Summer League then? Is that what, is, are you actually going to Vegas? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there uh, covering the Knicks and all, all that entails for a week in Vegas. Yeah. Man, is that your first time or is this, I mean, are you looking forward no, to this? I'm or sure if it's, I went for the first time. Okay, all right. So you're a veteran at this point. It's fun. I recommend it. If you're a big NBA fan, definitely try to get out there uh, if you can. I think we, yeah, I kind of want to. I've been wanting to for years. And so I can't believe how big this thing has become from the days of like it wasn't, it was barely even on, like there was like one dude who was basically running the whole thing in like a, the annex of, of one of the gyms there from, I think from the yeah. UNLV center or something like that, where it was like, they basically had to give kids like uh, camp kids or something in the area, just like tickets to come sit in the stands because no one else wanted to go. And now it's like the second biggest thing in, in, in the NBA season. Is, is Adam Morrison still playing summer league basketball? <laughs> yeah, I think he said, I, I don't think so. Wow. I think that dream has uh, been extinguished. I remember early summer league, I felt like Adam Morrison was always on a different team. It was like, oh, and maybe this year it'll be the, like, I think he played for the Nets even for mm, a minute. Yeah, for uh, the Lakers. Okay. All uh, right. Mike, I want to thank you again. Uh, Please check out Mike Morkinoff on The Athletic. He does actually do great things. And not just Mike, but The Athletic as a whole. Uh, I should have mentioned that at the top. Uh, it's, it's, it's an, I'm, a, I'm a paid subscriber. I think Chris is as well. Yep. Um, and Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, right. Thanks for subscribing. It's going to be a lot of fun the next week in the NBA. Yeah, agreed. All right, we'll talk Drake uh, soon, all right? Yeah, Drake Cat. Yeah. <laughs> Drake Cast. And Chris, uh, I'll talk to you soon too. Yeah. Peace. All right. Bye.